Well, it's plain bean sucking. That would be good. Yeah, let's hear that. Yeah. Wait, do you want to know what the bean sucker is? Or <laughs> Wow. I mean, I'm intrigued by the, the, the Instagram. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It's, it's so basically I've taken over a business that has been around for 20 years. So this like coffee business started as the first coffee cart on the Gold Coast at the hospital. And they've been roasting coffee for like 20 years and they've gone through a whole bunch of different owners and um, it's a family business. So the guy I bought it from, his son and his daughter-in-law work there. His other son works there. His wife works there. The only other guy that works there other than the sales guy is the original guy who started the company who sold sold it to another person. Um, so it's a pretty wild thing to do to take over a business like that. Um but I like it. I like being back at work. It's nice. It's it's nice like doing stuff again and being in, in a new industry. Um but yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. Like you just walk into a business and you you just own this thing that's existed for 20 years and you kind of just have to hope it doesn't fall apart pretty much. Yeah, that'd be daunting. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to, I'm sort of like, there's, I have lots of ideas of things I want to change, but you're also just conscious of the fact that it's been running for 20 years. So, you know, you don't want to mess with things too much because if it was really screwed, it wouldn't have lasted this long to start with. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so it'll be interesting because I was tossing up like, you know, do I start something new? And I like the idea of doing something in coffee, but I didn't know anything about it. Um, but eventually just decided to buy an existing business. Um, so it'll be interesting to see ultimately if that was a smarter move than just doing something from scratch. Because all it's all the money you put into the business, but it's also you inherit everything that's happened, the staff, the background, the history, everything. You inherit all of that as well, and you have to kind of decide what to do with that. Um, so it's right. a very different challenge than starting something from scratch. So you have to do all the, is there someone who handles all the payroll, that stuff? Like, or are you now in the trenches doing that or are you not, are you removed from it? No, I'm doing that. Okay. I'm there every day. I'm doing stuff that I like today. I did two deliveries. Like I delivered because they, because they do, they do roasting beans, but also do like coffee supplies. Like a big part of the business, like the biggest part of their business is just supplying coffee shops with like other people's plant-based milks and syrups and shit like that. Um, ah, but yeah, literally from day one, it was like, um, you know, this guy's doing these deliveries, but we don't have anyone to do this one. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do that. And then it was, uh, you need to do payroll now. You need to do, use my up to do that. So I'm like, okay, well, i got to work out how to use my up. Um, <laughs> you know, like the, the sales rep had to write a proposal. So he was like, you know, can we do that? And I was like, all right, we'll figure out how to use Microsoft Word because I haven't used that for 20 years. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Do you know anything about roasting beans? Like, do you have to have any of that stuff you'll pick up along the way? Well, I don't know anything. I know very little about coffee other than I like drinking it. Um, I, I, yeah. I would say I know zero about coffee other than, than I like drinking it. Um. But it's interesting because they they basically inherited. So this guy bought it a couple of years ago and then he put his son in place to do the roasting because the roaster quit and he sort of inherited the profiles and the recipes and um, it's reasonably automated. Like they've got a software in there that kind of controls the temperatures and stuff like that. So 
I still don't really know. Like I don't, I don't really know enough about roasting to know how, you know, exactly how, how much quality control needs to be, how skilled does staff need to be? Like what, what are the variables? It, it seems to me that it's a fair bit less complicated than brewing beer. Brewing beer is very, very complicated. Um, and I never, I never knew how to do that either because I wasn't the brewer, but I knew enough to know, understand, appreciate how complicated it is. So I'm still learning about coffee to sort of understand, you know, what that's like in relation to what I know, which is beer. Um, but I met a guy today <clears throat> who invested in a Colombian green bean farm and he, he, he got sick of going over to Colombia. So he he's moved back to the Gold Coast and he started a place Dave, I don't know if you've seen, it's called Willie's Willie's Beans and they've got like a Willie's Jeep as their kind of like mascot kind of thing. All right. No, I haven't. So this thing, it's in, it's in a industrial estate in Burley and he's brought back this Willie's Jeep from like a farm Jeep from Colombia. And he's got that in the front of his shop and he's got like a roaster in there and he's got like this climate controlled room where he keeps all of these green beans and he's just doing like education around coffee and roasting and the quality and stuff like that. And I was talking to him because he's buying milk and stuff from us. And mm. I was having all these conversations with him that that like coffee, especially in the Gold Coast, is in a way where beer was when we started Black Ops. Like it was kind of when we started Black Ops in the Gold Coast, beer was a really big thing in Melbourne. And there's like lots of awesome craft breweries and there's a lot happening down there. But in Gold Coast, there was only like two breweries, maybe only one. Like one mm. well known one anyway. Like that there was there was not much at all. Um and it's and I, it, I know it's not the same thing, so I probably need to be careful continuously comparing it to beer, but it does seem like the Gold Coast is a fair bit behind on that. Like if you look at what's happening in Melbourne and this is what this guy was saying, like he does specialty like single farm coffee um, and he's he's like on the Gold Coast, like no one even knows what this shit is. Like there's just nothing happening. And um so p- potentially there's a lot to learn and potentially opportunity too, I suppose if, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's daunting like beer as well in that it's, it's a FMCG business. It's super challenging, super low margins. Um, you know, inflation affects it. Staff shortages affect it. The price of coffee affects it. There's, you know, petrol. It's, it's a lot of challenges, much like the beer game. Plus, I'm starting it without mm. any knowledge at all um, and coming into a business that's been running for 20 years. So pretty daunting. Yeah. Yeah, man. That um, I think, like, the interesting part about that is, is, like, you're really aware of the challenges, though. And I think, like, just having the perspective of being able to say, well, it's very similar to this but not the same, kind of gives you enough insights to be able to make it successful, but then also like not enough where you can just cut and paste. Right. Yeah. And that, that actually makes it a lot more fun. Like it's kind of one thing that surprised me was when I was still at black ops, like that was my whole world. And when that fell apart, it was really, really hard. Like I can't even put into words how hard the last 12 months has been. I haven't really talked about it or written much about it until recently because I just needed some space. Like, like to be honest with you, it was so hard and so dark that I just didn't even really want to write about it. It would have, I didn't want people to read it if I was to write about it or talk mm. about it. Um, but 
coming out the other side of it because when you leave something like that if it's if it's like your whole world and it's the thing that you think is going to be your legacy you know it's the, the biggest thing you've ever done i was so wrapped up in it i just thought that was the only path and when that's kind of taken away from you you're forced to discover something different and you kind of find out there's potentially a lot of joy in that in a way because like this conversation i had with this guy today in the the willie's beans was it was actually super exciting because I'm learning so much new stuff. There's, I've just been put into an industry that is completely different. I've like reinvigorated my, you know, enthusiasm for, you know, being a business owner because I've got so much more to learn again. Um, mm. And none of those things would have been things I would have thought would have been positives coming out of what happened. Um, so I suppose it goes to show you that, you know, if if things are bad, it's very hard to see how they could get better. Um, but it's much it's easier to see it now once once you get through it, I suppose. Do you think that like oh sorry, Joe, do you go? No, I was just gonna say, like oh, you know, you're only a few what a few weeks into it. Two weeks, yeah. When when do you think you would would feel okay to start to make some changes and bring in your experiences and kind of, you know, try and do some new things as the new owner. Like what's the, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, the, the priority for now is I, I'm, I'm thinking about the staff and thinking about how they feel having a new owner come into what was previously a, a family business. Um, the last thing I want is for the staff to leave or the staff to be unhappy. Um, for sure. And that's that's a huge risk because all the relationships, you know, all the experiences all tied up with the staff, all the customers have relationships with, with the staff. It's it's like it's a huge risk if we lose members of the team. So absolute number one priority is making sure that the staff are happy working for me as opposed to happy working for their dad or dad, dad-in-law or, or whatever the case was. Um, and I think I think if I can change things in the short term that can that are only positive then I'll do it. But if I, if, if I can change things that is going to really put pressure on people or make them, you know, wonder how much is going to change and freak people out. Um, I don't want to do that anytime soon. I want to make sure that I'm established in there and that I've got a really good handle on the business before I really change anything drastically. And, and to be honest, I don't, I don't want to change anything drastically either way because I want a good, solid, profitable business. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what it really must, you know, that's what it is. That, that otherwise it wouldn't have been around for this long. Um mm. I'm hoping I can bring some of my you know enthusiasm for marketing and branding and whatnot to it, but I I don't want to go in there and change it straight away because I think it's just going to freak people out. Yeah. And to, and and to to give you an example, like the people people like really get set in their ways and i, I do it like, everyone does it i was just having this conversation the, the sabo like when you've been doing a job for a long time you just get used to doing things in a certain way and we had mm -hmm. um, we had like like one of the sales guys wanted to do a proposal for a, a client and his normal process was to like the owner used to do it um or get the um the m the gm lady who sort of does everything to, to do it and I was like, well, you, you can do it. Like I've, I've set up Word, you can log into the computer and you can do that. And even just even just changing that little thing about 
what was expected in his role put enough pressure on him to you know fluster him yeah um, which is pretty understandable if you've been been doing the same job for a long time and you get a new owner all of a sudden you have to do something different so I, I'm, I'm pretty careful to tread carefully until people are, are comfortable yeah i mean there's a whole um leadership change that kind of like change leadership coaching not not, not coaching but that's a whole new skill and that you know you'll be playing around with won't it change management change management is the word yeah yeah and i and you will get like different people you know you get you get some people who are keen on the idea of change because they they will feel like they weren't in alignment with the previous owner and the way they ran the business and you'll get some people who don't want to change because they're you know they're happy with how things are at and they want things to stay as is so um it's super super difficult it's not and, and it's also not really out of all the things I, I think i'm reasonably competent at this this is probably the weakest out of all of them so it's pretty pretty challenging i think the exciting part about that in a way is if you can add that string to your bow right and uh in an environment which you know as we spoke about before is similar but <clears throat> but different um like what an amazing skill set to like acquire um on top of like the skills that you already have and the experience that you already have where, where you know it's uh, you know i think like it's just such a good kind of setup for the next thing as well and having gone through you know you spoke about the, the black office experience and having gone through that come out the other side get thrust into this all of a sudden have to learn a whole new set of skills um and then combine that with like you know the 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 hindsight and experience that you went through with black ops i think that the thing that comes after this is where like you would start to get really excited right that's what it feels like for me yeah i hope so i mean i i'm really i'm also really conscious of like i really don't want to fuck it up like really really don't want to fuck it up because you, you get you kind of i'm 43 now when when i first went into business i was 26 26 i think how old were you guys when you started your first business mid 20s i guess yeah yeah i don't like um i mean like i i guess i was about 30 actually when i actually you know like had a, the first real kind of crack at things with riptide that was that was 30 for me so yeah late. so so tw so 25 26 30 like you feel so young, like if you feel so young, you feel like you could just, um, there's very little risk. Also maybe that maybe when that was like, like when I did it in 2006, I, I felt confident enough to leave my job, start a business, live off my partner's wage, which was enough to pay the mortgage on a nice house that we bought, you know, young. Um, I, I didn't feel that at all when the whole, you know, when I left Black Ops, I, I was like, holy shit, I'm back at square one. I've got huge expenses with kids and just the amount of money everything costs. I've got, you know, a very weird set of skills and experience that is not going to translate to any job very easily. Um, I've, I've felt fucking petrified about what the future could look like. Um, and 
the older you get, the more you kind of realize like it's it's not it's it's not that far off for being like just becoming ir- irrelevant. I mean, it's probably I, I mean I don't know if you're kind of if I'm overstating the you know worrying about something that's not real, but work for yourself long enough, you don't have a lot of super. Um, you know, if you, I'm, I already feel like to some extent I'm losing touch with the stuff I used to be good at because the younger generation are doing much better at things like content that than I can do. Um, and when you lose something that you think is going to be the thing that's your your biggest thing, you kind of think, well, fuck, how many more cracks have you got? Um, so, yeah, I've, that's all in the back of my mind as well. It's not like something I think about every five minutes, but it, it's in the back of my mind that like if you screw it up, there's, it might be not too many opportunities left. I'm in the same boat. I've yeah. been through similar stuff. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I've only just only this kind of week finished up a separation after, you know, 18 years together with, you know, a parent of my kids and whatnot. Um, so oh, all shit. of the, the visual assets, you get, well, I mean, it's not, I don't, yeah, it's not like you go around and promote it or anything, but um, well, so what do I get do left with? <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get left with, you know, the things that we kind of divided up and that's the business. I'm like 100% in in that. And, and then, you know, you still have the same thoughts of even though it ticks along nicely now, it doesn't always happen. You know, like I don't want to wreck it as well for the very same reason. Because yeah, I'm, you yeah. know, 40 and I have literally nothing to, to show for it. Um, it's motivating at the same time too. That's intense, dude. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's pros and, pros and cons to it for sure. Um, like it's got me looking at a couple of things that I do have that are sellable and like wanting to realize the value that they've created, um, mm. you know. And yeah, be able to relationship stuff aside, we can talk about that another time if you want because I've been through that too. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all positive for, for, you know, for us. But yeah, like I'm in that same boat. Like, if I wreck the chances and the things I build at this point, then I'm, I don't really get many more swings. Yeah, and I, I think, um, I never used to think this way when I was younger. I, I thought all in on the business, not even a second thought. Um, but you know, now that I've sold my house, you know, because I had to, essentially, I couldn't afford to keep it. Um. You kind of think, fuck, you, 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 there's a chance you could end up at the end of this journey, you know, with basically nothing. Um, For sure. You do think about that. You think about like, like when you take big risks and they work out, you never think about, you, you never think about the downside. But if you take big risks and they don't work out, you look back and you think, how the fuck did I put make the decision to put all of that on the line? You know what I mean? Knowing that you could potentially lose it. Yeah, yeah. And I totally get it. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Many I still gotta go. I still gotta go through some of that stuff. So I don't have too much input on that. But um I yeah, it, it's interesting. Um Sometimes it hits me the same way, but then um, I've started to really look at things as in it's like the journey as much as it's in what happens next. Um, Mm. 
And so I've kind of find myself, I found myself recently, like really just trying to not really worry about the outcomes, but like focus on the day to day and whether that's like really what I want to be doing, where I want to be, how I want to be designing things for me. Um, and as long as I'm got one eye kind of towards like, you know, at least securing a little bit of, uh, you know, things for, for my kids moving forward, um, you know, and, and my partner is making sure that I guess you look after the family first. In terms of like the next thing, it's like, well, I mean, I kind of, I, I'm, I'm looking at the paths that I'm walking and I'm like, am I, am I on the path that is like the, where the path for me, the scenery that I'm walking past and what I'm interacting with and what I'm coming across, is that like, you know, enjoyable enough or is that in, you know, exciting enough or challenging enough um, rather than sort of looking at the destination and saying, well, I want to go there, but like this road that I'm going to walk is like, you know, straight no scenery uh it's hot as shit and i'm just gonna hate this but you know there's no isis at the end like i'm almost like trying to like really change my world in terms of of that sort of thinking so whereas i used to kind of be like no i'm just gonna build this amazing thing and it's just gonna be like grind 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 and then at the end it's gonna be like all the rewards at once um, have you done anything to cultivate man like has that, not that out sounds like that would be a very valuable skill to have in terms of what? Just being able to essentially not think as much, not worry as much about the future and just observe what you're currently doing and make sure that path is right. Like that's something I've, I'm incapable of doing as far as I'm aware. Um, I mean, it's like maybe a, like a, a little bit of it comes naturally to me me just in the sense that i've always been kind of uh, i've had, had shiny object syndrome in a way right um but having said that the other side of that thing is that um when i sat down really and thought like post kind of riptide you know and going through that experience what my next sort of steps would be um and I'd sort of known about what was happening with like, uh, you know, the, the, the crypto space, like a lot of things just sort of started to align. And I think for me, it was really just putting kind of the crypto thing uh, and, and seeing the way the world as a whole, as a, as a, like a, a collective human um you know, journey would be so transformed by this technology that it didn't kind of matter what it was. I just wanted to find my place in it. And that gave me sort of like the comfort of like, as long as I can find something that gels with me or find like something that I can use my skills in, in the space and kind of, you know, design a journey around that, that was really kind of the, the, the thing that helped me shift that perspective than the old school kind of like build a business, sell it thing. I kind of put my faith in the movement rather than like a specific thing. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, but. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to to be like, 
just to feel like you're where you should be, I suppose. Yeah, like, and like it doesn't people. feel it doesn't feel normal. Like it doesn't definitely doesn't feel natural. Like I can't I still can't really talk about it with my mates. <laughs> like if that makes sense. Um <laughs> They still just look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> like, what do you mean you haven't been paid like dollars for six months? <laughs> like, well, I don't know. I just haven't. Like, I just, do you know what I mean? It's and it feels weird and it feels kind of counterintuitive, but everything that I see and the more that I learn and the more that I talk to people, I'm like, this is this is the most inevitable thing and. I understand now how people that kind of went through this in the early days, like, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, like who people were just calling him nuts and paying him no attention felt like it's really weird, but you go like, holy, holy crap. This is, this stuff is inevitable. Well, from what I can see with, you know, what you get up to, you're in the right rooms and that that's very obvious. Yeah, I, that was a big part of it. Um, making sure that the the people that I was surrounding myself with were were the right people. Um, I spent a lot of time making sure that you know I was comfortable uh, with 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 those surroundings and not picking projects, things, people to follow, people to listen to that didn't align with who I was as a person. So that for me was kind of really key to it, um, and. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's you never know until you know. But like so far over the last two years, my experience, you know, particularly with with the on-chain monkey, uh, you know, project and and the people within that, um, has been nothing but sort of positive in in that way. Um, and so yeah, you know, I felt like I found a little home, and from there I've been able to, um, you know, work towards, uh, building those that that network and relationships and. Yeah, some like people like Bill Ty, who I admired before uh, crypto, like I didn't really know much of his background in crypto. I knew his stuff that he had done with Canva and Zoom, obviously. Um, But it was really only since being involved on the level that I have been within OnChain Monkey that um, knowing more about his backstory and his network and the people that he's connected to and then how... Amanda and Danny, the other two founders of Metagood and OnChain Monkey, um, sort of came together and and like that is just it's just fascinated me, uh, fascinated me and and I think like I haven't yet found something that I've really gone oh shit I don't actually like that like that's not my kind of person um, mm. which which has been been good and um, it's been I don't know Jared like you would have seen the space burning down around us in the last you know, six, six months, but in, even in particular, like the last couple of weeks, if not last month with like. That's literally. what I circle. That's, that's his, I've learned so many lessons in different cycles to realize that this is the time you pay attention. Yeah. And that's what you're clearly doing like that. You're in the right rooms with people who have, um, you know, the right, the right ideas. Yeah. So I don't, you, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but I don't know. It feels well, you're, right. You're and also, you're also sort of, me, that's kind of. So I was just going to say, you're, you're also kind of, um, 
if you're if you're part of this thing that you can't talk about with other people because they don't get it, you're like by definition, yeah, like you, you're kind of taking a gamble in the sense that you're either going to be right or you're wrong. But if you're right, you're kind of right in that sort of Peter Thiel sense where he's like, you know, what do you believe that other people don't believe? What do you believe to be true that other people don't believe or, or whatever the phrase is? Um, and that's where there's like oversized opportunity because it's it's sort of you're, you're betting, a, you're, be, you're, you're backing yourself even if it's not your own sort of startup journey. You're, you're in the rooms you're in, the work you're doing, you're backing yourself against the majority of other people. And if you're right, the rewards will be oversized. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely the asymmetric risk to it all. Um, but even even that, in a way, like, I don't know how you feel, Jared, like, but when when you see the amount of potential um, that the technology has and just how kind of it's just how much there is going on underneath the surface that nobody talks about, nobody hears, but everyone in the crypto space who's paying attention sees. You're like, it, it kind of blows your mind how people aren't just like paying way more attention than they are right oh, it now. It does. It's signal versus noise. The noise stuff is what people will talk about. And that's like the headline things. But there's a lot of signal. Um, and if you like pay attention to it, that's, I think, some pretty transformative upside kind of risk stuff. And yeah, very obvious that that's what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. And look, as you said, like if you're wrong, you're wrong, right? Like, but I think for me, it was like, if I'm wrong, I've got skills that I can apply that I have applied in another world that I can still turn and reignite, right? Like it's not all is lost. I think yes. for me, the bet, the yeah. bet is worth it but it's not even it doesn't feel like a bet which is weird and i'm not yeah. a gambling person i've never like i've never i, I don't do sports betting I, i've never been one to go to the casino i'm not a poker player i don't gambling is not in my nature and so um whether it is or it isn't it's not for me it's it, it's very very calculated and deliberate where i'm choosing to put my resources, energy and risk. I think that's that's a good thing. Like like you having that skill set to fall back on is one of the disadvantages of being a, a kind of a career founder, I suppose, in my situation, which is I've never really gotten good at anything. Um and that was that was brought home to me in a really big way over the last 12 months because as soon as I was in a position where I'm like, oh okay, I'm either going to have to get a job or start something else. Like I literally, I had no idea what I could or would do. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like I absolutely did not want to do what I was doing in my job previously. I didn't want to be a CEO of anything. Um, so it's having like a specific skill that is a valuable skill is hugely, hugely beneficial because you're, you're almost like you're not taking the level of risk that, you would take if you didn't have that. Cause if you didn't have that, you're basically saying, if this doesn't work out, you're back to nothing and you have to manufacture something out of thin air again. 
Um, but having that means you can put everything into it and know that you're still going to be fine if it doesn't work out. Well, I keep my teaching accreditation all up to date. Right. Yeah, smart. You have to do X number of days every year too. And like financially, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to to teach compared to, you know, the business. But I still do those days every year since I stopped, you know, going to a teaching job in 2014. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's. I think that's smart. Even though, yeah, you, you, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you get to the point where where you don't have to, but I think it's smart. Yeah. No, it's actually it's marketing kind of insight too. Like I, you know, think about products when I've done it, and then you're like very gratitude in when you're there dealing with year nine students or something. You're like, wow, I'm glad I never do this every day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I would not. I don't want that thing to disappear because it is a safety blanket. In many ways. If everything imploded, I could still go and be a PE teacher. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. I like that. 